that by, by the blood of Jesus Christ, it gives you and I access to the kingdom of God. How many of us believe that? Now look at your neighbor right beside you and tell him, you're not here by chance. But you are here. Okay, stop now. Don't talk to that person anymore. That person is not paying attention to you. Look at somebody else. <laughs> okay, somebody say second chance. Tell them you're not here by chance. But you are here by God's divine purpose and calling in your life. Ask them if they believe it. Somebody said, I sure do. We welcome you this morning to our second service this year. Last, year, last week was our first service in the year 2017. I'm blessed to know that God made a way or he paved ways for you and I to be in a house of worship, to give God the highest praise, to give him all the glory, all the honor, which he rightfully deserves. Last night we had the opportunity to be with the prayer watch with the body of Christ, the state of Hawaii. And not everyone could make it, but those that were there were able to experience the overflow of God's grace, of God's love. We're pastors and ministers, we're bishops and apostles, we're prophets and evangelists could come together and pray in one spirit of unity where the body of Christ could come there in the audience at Aloha Stadium. Can you imagine with the several hundred of people that we were there, God opened up doors that 50,000 seats were paid for. Can we give God a big clap offering? When I think about it, just imagine the entire place should have been packed. There's almost a million people or a little over a million people in the state of Hawaii. But can you imagine just a small, very small fraction of people, believers, could come together and pray? What is God saying in these last days? He's really speaking to our hearts. It's really time for the body of Christ to wake up, to rise up and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And somebody said amen. You know, this morning uh, we're diving right into our theme and if you look up to the screens or, or as well as our banners there, and it reads, help me, strive in the what? There you see it on a banner as well. Strive in the spirit. And I encourage some of you to come up closer and, and get some uh, camera shots with your phone, whatever. Uh, not right now, although. But when you come and get a picture, I, I think you can get it blown up and try to Find a way so you can place that in your home. Try to create an area that the, the, the banner or the theme for the year, Strive in the Spirit, would just uh, jump out at you. Put it in a place that you go 10 times a day, and that is to your refrigerator. <laughs> if it's not to your restroom. Or put one in your restroom anyway, anyway right before your throne. But anyway, put it in a place that you can be constantly reminded because as we teach you about striving in the spirit, if you look at that word strive, and it's, it's, it's boxed, in that box, there you see it there, there's so many words that uh, we, we didn't have a chance to put it on the whole banner, but we found a way that we could get in, put it in this word called strive. And the word strive also means to contend, 
to battle, to fight, to know that you can go beyond our natural being and press through in the spirit realm. Tell your neighbor beside you, it's time for you and I to press through. Listen, if you go to the gym and, and work out, how many of you go to the gym work out? All two of us, three, okay, slowly the hands. I go by the gym every day, and when I pass by, okay, some of you caught that, huh? But when, when a person goes there, he, his intent is to get a, a workout, to get his cardio going, to, you know, strengthen his, his, his muscles or whatever you want to call it. But it, it causes himself to think that they're going for a workout. When you come to the house of worship, that excitement has to be the same thing within your heart, within your spirit. I'm going to the gym, the spiritual place to worship, so that I can get a great workout. You know, if I'm walking out of the gym or out of the, the workout room, if I'm walking out, if, if I'm walking out, <laughs> if I'm walking out, I want to feel better than when I came in. And that's the way God is. He wants you to feel, not just feel better, but he wants you to know that something great has just entered in your presence. And that's the spirit of God. So tell your neighbor right beside you, strive to enter in. We also spoke about what that word strive, and I'll be talking about this for a, mo a while. Make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. There you go. Attempt, ende endeavor, aim, labor, work very hard to become victorious to the utmost. Press through, fight, battle, contend. Go all out in what you believe in. Do your very best and let nothing hinder or stop or distract your confidence. And if you got that, somebody say amen. Can we just leave that for a moment? This is something that is important. And I think every single person should have this written in the tablets of their heart. You've got to press. As I was talking about the gym and, and some of us, how many of you guys lift weights? I'm not talking about the fork or the food or... <laughs> now notice the, the heavier the weights that you lift, Notice is there's a lot of resistance towards you. And actually, the only way to gain muscle is to work through that resistance. You've got to keep on pressing. And what that means is every day, you and I in our life, we face so much opposition. We go through opposition, or should I say, just challenges. Pastor Geisen calls that uh, colorful, what do you call it? Conversation, colorful. Do anybody understand what colorful conversations are, what that means? <clears throat> uh, you can define it on your own. So what I believe is it doesn't matter what the challenge is. It's how you deal with it. And God spoke directly into his heart. And that gave word of confidence that build his faith. It's not pointing fingers to one another. It's completing the task that God has given to us. That's why a husband and wife should never be in competition. You should always, let me just give you a quick key. You should always look for the gifts that God has blessed you with. 
if your wife is, does things greater than the husband does, and not all the time she does, but, okay, let me take that some of, the, some of that back. And the men said, hey, that's right, not to say nothing. So as we understand that, we see that God has granted the wife with gifts. But God has granted the husbands with, the husbands with gifts. And as you put those gifts together by first recognizing those gifts, you begin to appreciate the gift that God has given to the both of you. So what happens is you learn to complete the calling of you and your spouse together. If not, instead of completing what God has put together, you are always competing against what God has blessed you with. And therefore, because you cannot recognize it, you bring forth a diversion or a division, and it brings forth separation. You may live with one another in your house. You might stay in the same room. But in your spirit, you're, you're going in different directions. It's because there's no agreement. And so in the classes that we're teaching on from starting from Tuesday, it begins to teach you what it is to identify a woman and a man. What it is to understand that God has called you together to complete the calling of God for your life. So how does this enter with strive in the spirit? Well, striving in the spirit is also talking about the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're the Trinity. The Trinity is still one. So now God called man. He called man Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28. As he called man, the Bible says, he imparted into man the gifts that he had. And which are, what are those gifts? When he says God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, God made man and he gave man a body. But he gave man a soul. But he also gave man a spirit. And the way a person gets born again is by and through faith. Now, 1 John 1, 9 says, when you confess your faults to the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So what does that mean for me as my salvation? Because you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. Your spirit now is born again. John 3, 3. Except a man be born again, he will not be able to see the kingdom of heaven. So again, it's not by religion that you make heaven your home. It's not by traditional culture that you make heaven your home. It has to be by a rebirth in your spirit. Everybody okay? So now that you're born again, the spirit of God lives now inside of you. Everyone that have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, which is part of the Trinity, lives inside of you. Now, when you leave this place, not just you are conscience-minded about who you are, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, now lives inside of you. So when you walk out of this place, he now put new thoughts in your mind. He gives you new words to speak. Instead of speaking French that you never learned in school. And some of you used to speak that very fluently, including myself. But God canceled that language. He gave me a new language. Because the Spirit of God now is alive inside of me. Now that's not enough. 
to let the Spirit of God just live in you. You want to learn what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to go deeper. Now we're going to find out that we're not just living our life or allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us. We're allowing the Spirit of God to have full control of all of our faculties and all of, of all of our beings. That means he controls the way we think. So when your past thinking wants to come back and play tricks on your mind, the Holy Spirit that is in control of you, war against that spirit. You remember Fred Flintstone, everybody? How many of you remember Fred Flintstone? Or if you don't remember him, how many of you remember his friend, his buddy? Oh, okay. Not, we're not talking about the purple one now. So, so you remember at the end of the work, at the end of work when the horn used to go, and they fly off the tail of the dinosaur. They, then they, you know, they yabba double do on the way. And while they headed home, Barney said, "Hey, Fred, there's the bowling alley. Let's stop there." And Fred said, "That's a good idea." So they start turning there, and all of a sudden, bing, the angel comes. He said, "Fred." You remember the colorful conversations that you had with Wilma? I think you should go home because Wilma is expecting you at a certain time. And all of a sudden, Fred says, oh, Barney, I don't think we can go, you know. And all of a sudden, Barney starts to tell Fred, hey, Fred, it's, oh, man, we'll just, we'll just play one game. We'll be done within 30 minutes. And a big. Now the devil with the pitchfork. How, how many of you remember that? Come on, all 70 and above. So we find that when, when we find, Fred, you, you know, I mean, so you caught the picture, right? That's exactly what we contend with every single day of our life. Every single day. It may sound funny, it sounds like a cartoon, but in reality, it's a reality check for you and me. Every single day, the Holy Spirit is saying to you to do the things that are right. The word right comes from the word righteous. The word righteous means right standing in God. Can you say it with me? Righteous means right standing with God. It just doesn't mean, hey, righteous man, peace. Righteous means to be right in right standing with God. That's where we learn how to live a life that is righteous in God. When you're living a life that is righteous, that means you're in check according to God's word. You are in check. But see, the devil that holds your past, and he holds your past bound with a pitchfork. How can you tell the devil when he turns around and walks away? He has a, oh, some of you saw that cartoon, right? He has a long tail, and the tail is, Shaped like a, oh man, some of you love the cartoons. Exactly. As you picture that, picture the enemy is like a dragon. He's like a roaring lion. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. He's a killer. He's a seducer. He's an intimidator. He's a liar. He's a thief. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy all that God has promised for you and I to receive. These are words of enlightenment and encouragement to you and I so that we would know how to remain steady on a solid foundation 
and not be intimidated or deceived by the lies of the devil. You cannot access or have or receive access to the throne room of our Heavenly Father by any other name, by any other religion, by any culture, by anything traditional. There's only one name. Can you enter and access the throne room of our Heavenly Father? And it is by and through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And somebody say with me, amen. So let's dive into this scripture. In the book of John, chapter 4, we read this on Wednesday night, but let, let me go a little bit deeper. John 4, 23. Two scriptures, actually, in the Amplified. A time will come, however, indeed it is already here, when the true genuine worshipers will worship the Father. How? In reality, for the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his what? What did we learn that our true worshiper is? A true, say it with me, a true worshiper is our lifestyle. Can you say it with me again? A true worshiper is our lifestyle. It means our life has been changed from a, a, a false worshiper or an imitator of a worshiper to a true worshiper. How can you tell a true worshiper? It's not by how good they can sing or how good they can play an instrument or how good that they look in the midst of the crowd. But it's when they face challenges and opposition, how they come out successful. Because it's not about a song. It's not about an instrument. It's not about a dance. It's about a lifestyle. Write that in your heart. A true worshiper is about a lifestyle. So my lifestyle changes now. Your worship is great. God desires. Do you know that how many of you desire when you when service is done, you go out and get yourself an ice cream cone? <laughs> Not everybody, okay. Just get mines and cover it up. But anyhow, it's, it's, it's refreshing. That's the reason you want it. Not a, it's not healthy for everybody. It's not healthy for some of you. But it's a delight and a desire for most. How many of you, when you celebrate your birthday, you like to get ice cream and cake? Can I see your hands? We'll let your neighbor know. What does it do for you? It encourages you. It's a delight. God delights or he desires when his people praise him. It's like presenting a gift, and that's really what it is, presenting gifts. So God says here, God is a spirit, verse 24, a spiritual being. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, reality. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. He says, Paul says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. 
Help me read it. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, I'd just like to go on as I share the word focus. Many believers today get off track, slip away, and fall back into the areas that God has brought them out from. One of the main reasons is because they always revert back to the things in the past. This is the devil with the pitchfork on Fred's left side. He always tries to bring back your past. Can you please tell your neighbor beside you, you have no past? In Christ Jesus, you have to constantly remind yourself, I have no past. I have no past. I have no past. You remember graffiti? When he went slap? Um, uh, what was his name? Zimba. He slapped Zimba on the head. Graffiti says, slap him on the head with the stick. Graffiti was his name, right? Yeah, I thought so. Huh? Tafiti. Okay, we close around there. Graffiti, tafiti, something we don't feet. Anyway, so he slapped him on the head. And Simba says, oh, what did you do that for? And he says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Wasn't that a good one? Can you please do that to your neighbor? No, 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 no. All right, keep your hands to yourself. This is exactly what I'm saying. Sometimes the Spirit of God has to manapaya. He has to give us that slap and say, hey, wake up. What is in your past is gone. You have no past. It doesn't matter. It's already in the past. So if it's in the past, let it go, man. Let it go. Be gone. Let it go. But we so caught up, ma'a. We so ma'a with the things of the past that we continue to keep. Although we say, I'll forgive you, I'll forgive you. But you still get the, you know, the, the rope we had over here. We took them away. But you know the rope when they throw the rope and then they pull up. The lasso. Some of our guys, Joshua and Caleb and some of them, they know how to do that. They, they lasso you. And then they throw it. And once you get hooked, they, they, they yank you back. And although there's slack in the rope, you can go a certain limit, but you cannot go any further because they still got the lasso locked on to your mind or to your head or to your arms or some part of your being. And he, the enemy still doesn't want to let you go. We got to okay that line. Cut that line. Get rid of that line. Cut the things of the things of your past. Could it what? Now, now be careful. I, I need to be careful when I say this. Is it, is it part to do with the people that you hang out with? Is it conversations over the phone? Is it something over the email or internet? Or something that, you, that people have a conversation with you daily? Is people reminding you that you cannot be any better than you are? And so they lasso you with the things of the past? Take control over that spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of you to tell you who you are. It's not where you were that counts. It's where you, one more time. It's not where you were that counts. It's where you, one more time. It's not where you were that counts. 
It's where you, and look, many of you made an attempt, made a sacrifice. You made every way possible to wake up this morning, prepare yourself, and come into the presence of the king. Let's give God a big clap offering. The devil never wants you to do that. The more he can keep you away from learning the promises of God, the more successful he'll be. And he'll steal, he'll strip, he'll terrorize, he'll destroy every single thing that you have and that was given by God to you. This is where marriages are broken. This is where separations take place. It doesn't just happen. It comes through disagreements. It comes through, through hindrances. It comes to listening to things of the past. It's time to get rid of that spirit and strive in the spirit. When you strive, you got to run. You got to run all out. How many sprinters we got here? Uh, let me rephrase that question. How many sprinters we used to have that is here? Okay, now we got more hands, all right. Pastor Jerry was a sprinter. She was a good track runner until she met me. <laughs> no, she was a really good track runner. That's why some of my kids take after me. So, but you've got to train. You can't just go out and just get into competition. You can't just go out and expend, uh, expect to win the first prize ribbon. How many of you know? How many of you didn't know, and you did just that? Don't think it's going to be easy, because you saved to make heaven your home. You got to fight. You got to contend. You got to know what it is and who you're fighting against. We're fight, fighting against spiritual wickedness, things that are in high places. Rulers of darkness. We're talking about satanic cults that has powers, but his powers are very limited. We're talking about how to overthrow the kingdom of darkness. How one person can make a difference. That power lies inside of you, but it's not of you. It's the word of God that lives inside of you. It's his Holy Spirit that anoints you and compels you. To receive that anointing that can tell and kick the enemy out of your relationship, out of your home, out of your finances, out of anything material, physical in your life. I've shared it with, shared this with you that God has already prearranged and predestined the blessing to run towards you. But are you in a place to receive it? Are you in a place to receive it? Now let me go with the word focus. Because Paul said in verse 13, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. To focus means to have a clear vision. Don't allow things to blur your vision. Example, it's hard to drive going forward when you're busy looking backwards, sideward, or in the other direction. 
You cannot be distracted by the things that can cause you to get off track. Focus means to have a clear vision. Now, if I take my glasses off, I'm not able to see what is written on my notes clearly. But the moment I put on my glasses, I'm able to now see the words much more clearly than being blurred or off focus. That is a simple illustration, but it means the same spiritually as well. It's hard for you to, you and I, how many of you drive backwards? Some of you are driving backwards and you just don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you're facing forward. Your direction is forward. But many a times, we get hindered by the things we look in our rear mirror. Sometimes the things that in our rear view mirrors can be a warning to what is coming towards you. But your focus always has to remain on where you're going. Our focus needs to be headed knowing that our destiny, all of us, our destiny is to make heaven our home one day. But we need to remain focused on the course of the calling that God has called us. The pathway, it's called a pathway or journey. Along our pathways, we have many distractions. So it's hard for you to continue going forward if you're looking backward, sideward, or towards other directions. You cannot be distracted by the things that can cause you to get off track. Here we go. If you take away the TR from the word track, you will have the word act. We need to stay focused to, so that our actions may have traction. If not, our traction will become subtraction. Then our action will lose traction. And the action will be to slip or slide and fall into some ditch that the devil has assigned for you to fail. Can I read that all again? This is exactly the plan of the enemy to every believer. Because how you act will either cause you to be promoted or cause you to be demoted. Always remember, we're trying to push up to a higher altitude. Somebody say a higher altitude. It's not to get big head. We were there. Actually, it wasn't a big head. It was an airhead. We're looking at moving up in another level, a higher altitude. The only way to get a higher altitude is by changing our attitude. Say that word with me, attitude. So our attitude needs to be adjusted. Can you say it politely to your neighbor? You need an attitude adjustment? <laughs> Okay, no hands involved, okay? Just words. Attitude. 
You know, because of what has inside an individual, which is called a uh, spirit of pride or conviction, it's hard for someone to receive that word just by saying it like that. I mean, if someone was to come up to you and you don't know and they say, I think you need to change your attitude, what would you say to that? Okay, you have your own opinions and may God forgive you for your opinions. So what we want to do is stay on track. I'm going to say it again. What we want to do is stay on track. So how do we stay on track? Can we put that up, please? Just so we can see. Here we go. Now you can write it out or take your pictures. And it reads, if you take away the TR from the word track, you will have the word act. We need to stay focused so that our action may have traction. If not, our traction will become subtraction. Then our action will lose traction. Say it with me, follow. And the action will be to slip or slide and fall into some ditch that the devil has assigned for you to fail. To focus causes you to put your thoughts in check with your eyesight. Let me say that again. To focus. Focus causes you to put your thoughts in check with your eyesight. So that your eyesight can zero in on your target. Your focus is spiritually, the Bible says, uh, what we're just learning now. And it tells us to strive in the spirit. That's our focus. Our focus is to strive in the spirit. But now we put our focus into what we see. When I'm speaking of see, although we see and receive the word and it's brought forth in front of you, to see means to go beyond the natural. Let me say that again. I'm going deep, okay? To see means to go beyond the natural. Many of us can only comprehend or understand things we can see. But the Bible says seeing the things that you can see, you, you cannot really hold on to it because it's very temporal. But if you can see the things that you cannot see, those things are eternal. Oh, I went deep on that one. Let me give you a quick illustration, simple. If you look up, you see me. After I'm done, you don't see me. But what you see is the words that came out from me when I was here. 
What you see is temporal. But what you see in the spirit is eternal. Everybody got that? Give God a big clap offering. And in our lives, if we're not careful, we only follow the things that we can see. And we get into trouble. Because God is saying, strive in the spirit. But you want to strive in the flesh and in the natural and in the common. The common things of man, anybody can do. But the spiritual things of man, or the spiritual things of God in our life, is challenging to do. Because we know that many people can say, it cannot be done. Why can't it be done? Because it's not done in a common area. That's why it's impossible with man, but possible with God. Is everybody okay? Everybody all right? Let's give God another clap offering, please. So we need to keep our focus. I want to talk about focus. Notice a basketball player. Yesterday they had some games. College games are going on as well as high school. And I had a chance this week to, to view some of our, my, my granddaughters, I, I want to say, spiritual granddaughters playing basketball. And I had a great time. And, of course, the Lions went out yesterday and Friday night, and, and they had a good time. Big hand for the Lions and our kids. Arco Safety Lions in the Pels League, they're playing basketball now on Fridays and on Saturday mornings. But it's, it's a privilege to watch our kids. And we just have so much, uh, so much fun just watching them. You see all the attitudes of the parents. How the kids act, oh, yeah, that's how the parents is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so-and-so child, uh, so-and-so's daughter, and so-and-so's son. But we just have, I, I really don't, I don't say that. I'm just kidding with you, okay? But we have a lot of fun, and we applaud them. And guess what? We applaud both teams because the children are learning how to, how to compete, but yet at the same time, how to have a good, uh, how, how do you call it, balance while they're competing. To know that it's not about the individual, it's about learning how to play with a good composure, upholding themselves, especially if they're representing Christ Jesus. Amen? So we teach that to our children, and we, <coughs> and we stress that to our coaches. Teach that to our children, stress that to our coaches, <coughs> and we send the letters to all the parents and grandparents too. But while watching this, you can see what is happening in, in that sportsmanship. And that's the same way we want to uh, teach them as they become good sports players and good in their competition. We want to teach them what it is to do the things that are right and not wrong. So the word righteous comes about. Out of the word righteous, it means to stay focused. To stay focused means to, be, uh, uh, to keep track on where God has called you to. As much as we have all these things around us and we're busy with this and busy with that, your number one key is putting your priorities in life. Check number one, God first. Can I say that again? We put our priorities first as check number one, God first. If God is first, then everything else will fall into its place, in its category. So now I was talking about basketball. A lot of our kids made a lot of shots, some missed it. Now, I was watching them, and as those that have missed their shots, 
It's because they got distracted by other kids going like this. You know, they, they're trying to block their or blur, blur their vision so our kids wasn't able to shoot. But the moment they had an opportunity where no one was in front of them, they were able to make the basket. So they had to focus. Baseball is the same way. Now, a batter is always taught in order to uh, hit the ball, they have to keep their eyes on what? The bat? The ball. They have the bat in their hands. I'm teaching somebody about baseball, and I never played baseball in my life. <laughs> but as the ball comes, in order for hit, to hit the ball and to hit it far, you have to keep your eyes on a ball. Same with tennis. I played tennis because my father was a tennis player. So you always have to keep your eyes on the ball in order to make a good, solid connection. Same with football. Same with golf. I heard in, in, in Tiger kind of lost his edge because he lost his focus. Some of us lose our edge. We lost focus. I'd like to encourage you today as I close. Strive in the spirit. Pastor, what is it to strive in the spirit? Let nothing distract you, hinder you, cause you to lose focus of where God has called you. He's called you into the kingdom. If you're not saved today, I pray that you get saved. If you're watching the telecast over this, watching this uh, uh, message this morning, I, I pray that you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I pray that while this message is going to the state of Hawaii, it's not just something that goes out. But I pray the reality check is, what do you do with what you receive? There needs to be a difference that needs to be made. And it starts with self first. It starts with you and I. Say this with me. It's not where I, where I was that counts. It's where I am. Can we all stand to our feet and give God a big clap offering, please?